back on Morning Trade Live. I'm Caroline Woods and for Oliver Rennick, it's time to talk ETF investing. And for that discussion, let's head to the CBOE and bring in Christopher Dolan, Factor and Core Equity Strategists, ETFs and Index Strategies at Investo Invesco. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the floor. I appreciate it as well. So, Chris, you know, we're talking how to invest or what a high volatility environment means for ETF investors. So before we actually talk strategies, let's talk your forecast. Are you expecting a lot more volatility? Yeah, you know, I, frankly, I would be surprised if we didn't. Um, I, up to this point this year, the Fed has been kind of singularly focused on inflation and for good reason. And Powell's comments this week reinforced that. But at some point, I think the risks become more two-sided. And I don't know that the equity market has fully priced in the odds of a recession. And the longer we have to stay restrictive, the greater, the higher percentage those odds start to creep up. And so, you know, as we go to next year, housing's obviously started to slow. Manufacturing has started to slow. The, the, the consumer has held up relatively well, but I think the case is still out how long they can hold up. And again, the longer we're in a contractionary environment, the, the, the greater the odds of recession coming through. So I think investors and advisors should just continue to be aware of the, the possibility of risks. And, and, and to that end, I think a, a strategy like the low volatility ETF is a great way to kind of reduce some risk in the long equity position of a portfolio. All right. I want to dig into that in just a second. But one more question about your forecast. Do you at least think the bottom is in? You know, if, if, if I were looking to forecast out over the next 12 months, I would, I would put the odds of recession greater than 50%. And, in, in, and, I, and I don't think we, we're in a recession yet. I look at the strong labor market. Yes, we're seeing some weakness in some industries, but I don't see it as pervasive yet. So I, I don't think we're in a recession. But my odds of a recession over the next 12 months would be greater than 50%. And if you look back at the last eight or so uh, recessions, we have never bottomed in an equity market prior to entering a recession. That typically happens maybe three or four months before a recession's due to end. And so, you know, if I were to forecast it, I'd say, I don't know that we've seen the bottom. I, I, I fully expect greater volatility. And, you know, it's, again, it's my expectation that I would assign a greater than 50% probability to us entering a recession over the next 12 months, just based on, you know, the Fed's insistence on maintaining a rate that, that seems to be higher and, and staying higher longer than, than maybe the market's expecting right now. Yeah, and many have said that we haven't seen the volatility or the capitulation to really declare a bottom. So given this landscape, let's talk about some strategies that, that could be best suited for it. You mentioned the low volatility ETF fund, ticker symbol SPLV. Tell us about that one. Well, SPLV is a, an ETF that looks to reduce the volatility in a portfolio, looks to reduce risk in a long equity portfolio. And, and what it does from a methodology standpoint is it starts with the S&P 500, the 500 stocks in the S&P. And at each quarterly balance, it's going to reweight those stocks based on their trailing one year, 252 trailing volatility. And it's going to grab the 100 stocks that have, have, that have demonstrated the lowest volatility. And it's a portfolio that is sector agnostic, it's holding agnostic, it can move about sectors depending on where the market is is deeming volatility and where the volatility regime is moving away from. And it's a portfolio that has been out for about 10 years. And over that time frame, it's, it's demonstrating significantly less volatility in the overall market, about 20% lower standard deviation. Or if you prefer to look at volatility through a drawdown lens, if we look at kind of the, the periods when S&P 500 has had a greater than 5% pullback, SPLV tends to outperform the S&P in about nine of 10 instances, about 90% of the time. And so again, it provides equity exposure. It provides participation in up markets. If I'm wrong and markets continue running, it provides that participation, but it also provides protection 
direction on the downside should we experience more volatility. And it's simply doing so by relying on the market's view of market price volatility. It's grabbing that lowest decile of, of stocks in the SP 500 that have demonstrated the lowest level of volatility. All right, so some of the top holdings Gilead, Johnson and Johnson, PepsiCo, McDonald's, so a lot of the kind of the tried and true. Uh, stocks versus uh, the, the growth stocks that we've seen lots of volatility in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look right now, and, and year to date, it's performed very well. It's had about 60% of the market's down capture. It's only captured about 60% of the overall market's down capture. And it's kind of moved its way into what I would describe as more historically defensive sectors. To your point, consumer staples, uh, utilities, healthcare, those tend to be where it's, it's, it's overweight right now. And, and it's been a good place to be. Now, that's not to say that it couldn't pivot. I mean, if you, if you had looked back over time, there are periods of time where you'll see utilities as low as 5% of the portfolio, as high as 50% the portfolio. Um, if you look back to during the prior to the financial crisis in 2008, financials made up 20-25% of the portfolio. As the market prices of financials during the financial crisis started exhibiting greater volatility, that portfolio was able to move away to near zero, one, two, three percent exposure to financials. So as I said, it's a fairly dynamic portfolio from a sector standpoint. It's just going to move to where the market is telling us that the, the lowest volatility names exist, where the market is least concerned about volatility. And, you know, right now, it, you know, it's those utility staples names. Okay. And, and then you also have the equal weighted ETF RSP. So it, it's interesting because we are seeing this widening gap between the, the tech and growth stocks and the, the Dow valued kind of defensive names and also s small caps as well, which we've seen some outperformance in recently. So tell us how, uh, how this one works because equal weight will mean less exposure to some of those big tech names, right, that are driving, driving the major averages. Yeah, you know, it, from from how it works standpoint, I, I don't. I think it's the most descriptively named ETF uh, in the domestic market. You know, it's the S&P 500 equal weight ETF, and and what we're doing is we're going to invest in the same 500 names that are that are in the capitalization weighted S&P 500, but instead of weighting them based on market cap, RSP is going to weight based on equally weighting. So each holding is going to get an approximate 0.2% weighting um, at each quarterly rebalance, and that's naturally, to your point, going to give you less exposure to those mega cap growth names that so heavily populate the cap weighted S&P 500, the Apples, Amazons, Microsoft, and it's going to give you more exposure to the lower names from a market cap standpoint within the S&P 500. And I think the main takeaway from this earnings season has been kind of the chink in the armor of that invincibility story of mega cap growth names. For the better part of 10 years, those names have obviously led the market. They've grown their business 20, 30 percent per year. And as a result, they now make up a very large percentage of most market cap, domestic market cap weighted indices like the S&P 500, like the Russell 1000. I think a lot of investors might be surprised to look at a 500 stock portfolio like the S&P 500 and see 25 to 30% of your portfolio is in 10 names. And that's fine as long as those names are growing at 20 to 30% a year. But where earnings start to grow, where their multiples are, are, are still elevated, historically speaking, versus you know an equal weighted portfolio, we see multiples much lower. And in this higher interest rate environment, maybe the slower growth environment, I think we're starting to see investors wake up to that
concentration risk within capitalization weighting and looking at an RSP, an equally weighting, and say maybe I don't need 30% or 25% in just 10 names. Maybe it makes more sense to spread that across and get a more diversified exposure, more diversified exposure to those 500 names. And that's been a good investment year to date as it's outperformed the S&P and it's, and it's certainly accelerated here in earnings season as we've seen you know, some of those larger tech names um, with soft earnings. Yeah, it's down about 15% year to date. All right, Christopher Dolan, Factor and Core Equity Strategies, ETFs and Index Strategies at Invesco. Thanks so much for breaking down those ETFs for us and providing your outlook. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good one.